Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. Without any music introduction, our girl Eliani is working on that. Uh, computer was a little balky this morning. What happens when you get those 12-year-old computers, Eliani? This is my nightmare. <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's all right. It's, uh, it'll, it'll work. As long as we're on, as long as we're going out, as long as we're taping, we're okay. We are recording finally, yes. The, we finally got that going. Audacity just didn't want to cooperate today, or Simeon. <laughs> well, you know, hence the name, Audacity, right? What the Audacity. That's right. The, uh, <laughs> Mr. Kevin, we should hear from him in a minute. SP Futures up 12. I said NASDAQ up to 54. It's a hell of a lot different than yesterday. Um, yesterday we had an uh, uh, ugly, ugly market, and... Uh, Let's just say some of the uh, investors are getting concerned. Uh, we're up uh, yesterday just as a way of review. I mean, this is a, like real stone-cold ugly. We were down 543 in a Dow, uh, 85 in the S&P. NASDAQ was 386 for a while. It looked like it was going to be almost 100 in the S&P and over 400 in NASDAQ, and we came back just a hair on the close. But we're talking, well, the Russell was 3%, NASDAQ was 26 S&P was 180, uh, Dow was one and a half, so, I mean, uh, we had a spike in the 10 year rate, and, uh, as of right now, we're at, uh, well, we'll take it up here, because we, we've got an order here, because if yesterday was such a bad day. We're 1.18, uh, and 1.88, we're, we're, we're flying towards 2% here, and, uh, get a load of this, the Bund is positive, positive point zero zero five as I have to believe that's the first time in, in seven, eight years. I mean, that, that thing has been positive. So it's a, it's a major move, even though their interest rates over there are still stone cold negative. I mean, cause their interest, their inflation rate's worse than ours. But we have, uh, Procter and Gamble, uh, beat this morning. They are up, uh, uh, well, they were up two bucks. Now they're up 57 cents. As they claim their price hikes have more than made up for their increase in wage pressure. So when you, when you look at this wage pressure, uh, that you, that everybody's talking about, all these companies that are blaming essentially labor and them raising prices. Um, do that with a little tongue in cheek, just a word to the wise. Uh, I think these guys, would be, if, if, if wages weren't going up at all, these guys would be raising prices because they can. So it has more of a, a deal on that. Um, so why don't you give, give Kevin a buzz because he's, he's probably waiting anxiously. He probably thought we didn't show up again. Um, but he's he was, here. Oh, he, Kevin, we, we have you. He's here. He's somewhere. He's on the line. I think he just, <laughs> he might have walked away for a moment. Oh, uh, well, he'll be back. But the, uh, actually was out with a, a gentleman last night that I see from time to time and, um, guy who's been an attorney in this area for like ever. Right. And, uh, some interesting, interesting stuff. He, uh, tell me he thinks that there's 15,000 people at work in like prosecuting in the Chicago area. Is that right? Between the, 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 the state people, SEC, the Secretary of State, you know, the the, the uh, district attorney, uh, DEA's got people. It's, it's it's unbelievable how many people are are, are in the job of, of trying to find people doing stuff wrong. And wow. uh, and you know, the question is, how how the hell efficient are they? I mean, what you, you mean you really wonder? I mean, how do they decide who they're coming after and who they're not? Uh, but they have a group now that's going after people with these PPP loans, evidently. Oh, is that right? Yeah, and uh, there was a lot of fraud around that, though. Well, they're they're finding some. Um, there's a few cases out there that are are fairly interesting, uh, in the sense that uh, I guess a bunch of high school kids uh, managed to get like three million dollars out of them somehow, and they all they all want it back. Yeah, pretty pretty amazing when you think about it, and uh, um, the. Uh, 
Um, so, I mean, and then there's people who. Oh, I think that's your man, Kevin. That is Kevin. Yeah, I think he uh, he may have bailed. <laughs> he might. I hope he calls back in though. Oh, he'll be back. The uh, the uh, so there, there, I mean, there's there's stuff going like all over the place. The jail, I guess, everyone in the jail has COVID. Right. Uh, and uh, but I don't think anybody's dying from it. So um, hopefully, in the Chicago area, we maybe we can say we're going to be over this. Didn't the the cases in New York drop dramatically in the last few days? Yeah, I think at this point it's going to be one of those things where, you know, much not unlike the flu, that it's just going to be something that we're going to have to deal with. You know, thankfully this this new strand or these new strands aren't, uh, they're not as, well, they're, they're as um, effective as getting you sick. You know, they're easier to get, but, you know, hopefully with people getting vaccinated and, you know, eventually, you know, we, we adjust to these things, you know, it took us a while to adjust to the flu, you know, and people are still, you know, people are still dying from that, actually, still. Well, yeah, but well, evidently in the, in the in the jail, a lot of people have the old variant, and they're pretty sick. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, just to talk a little bit more about yesterday, it was a, we, it just so happens, this time of the year, we're doing a lot of uh, review for clients, and, you know, last year's other portfolio did, and how much they want to maybe change direction this year, and so forth, and it it is really, really difficult. And this is a, you know, I don't usually give too many shameless plugs on the air, but this is really a time where, you know, it's been, use the term, so easy. You just buy stuff that other people are buying. This went on for like eight to ten years, and you really don't want to give it back. You know, which isn't to say, you know, solid, I'm not giving any kind of investment advice, but, you know, look at what you have. And I was talking to one, a client yesterday, who most people would know if I give the name, so I'm not going to give it. Um, you know the, you know the attitude still is well. You know I'm, I'm up on these stocks. I, I love them. Why should I? And I said this is this has been a, a nine or ten or twelve year phenomenon. Yeah, most definitely. Let's see what Kevin thinks about it. Oh, we Kevin, have we him. have you. Hey, we had a uh, we were here early. Eliani is on time all the time, and we were. Uh, she went to get to her, 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 what's the name of the thing? Audacity? Um, yeah, Audacity and Simeon, and then all the programs crashed, and then I got the blue screen, which was terrifying, and then I had to reboot the entire computer, and then that all took about uh, eight minutes, nine minutes to get everything up yeah, and running. Yeah, where's Kevin? You need him. He's our computer wizard. So, so uh, time, time to upgrade from Windows XP. Yeah, we have Windows 7. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, All right. So I was only off by one generation. It's still, yeah, it's still, they're both bad. <laughs> well, I still have one of those on one of mine, and every day I get something, hey, you don't know, you know, don't, you know you're supposed to be upgrading this thing. And uh, the question is, what happens to all those real high-end software things? Uh, do, do those, I wonder if we even still have the, uh, the stuff you put on there, Kevin. I mean, uh, the, the discs. Well, actually, you don't need discs anymore, Tom. Well, you do, and you, that, that stuff was like, I think Audacity's five grand. Oh yeah, Audacity. Oh yeah, I mean Audacity wasn't the issue. It's the it's the program that it's yeah, running under. Yeah, we have under. to get a new computer. We got to get it all that stuff on the new computer. Well, there's usually um kind of like you know how there's like IP addresses when you go online. I don't online know. I don't know any of this things. stuff. I don't know any of this stuff. That's what I have you people for. Yeah. So these are yeah, these they they have these newfangled website thingies where you can download software. Yeah, now. you kind of you add like a like it's almost like a like you add a code like whatever your program code was you first assuming, installed it. You're assuming I, I remember the code from 12 years ago. Oh no, I mean, we'd have to find it. But yeah, so thankfully you wouldn't need disks for this. But um, yeah. Well, since you two are so are so genius at all that stuff, maybe you can explain to everybody. What is the story with the five G in the airlines? Um, well, the the five G radio signals are interfering with some of the uh, or, or uh, 
believe anyway, are, are interfering with some of the uh, uh, instrumentation in the cockpit. So 5G is on a different frequency than the other stuff was? It is actually, yeah. It yeah. Is, it's, a very, it, it, uh, it's a different frequency than all the other cell stuff. Very, uh, very ultra high frequency. Yeah. Um, Everything else is yeah. still on 4G. Yeah. Well, is this, uh, was this part of, um, when T-Mobile gave up some of their frequency? I mean, I, I guess we're on the spectrum. Who, who used to own 5G? Did somebody buy it from somebody or is this something new? It's, it's, it's just the next generation. It, it's fifth generation of technology. That's all that means is fifth generation. So it's, it's a new generation of technology. I can send you some, you know, some short, you know, uh, video types of information that you can, get up to speed in five minutes. In fact, maybe I'll see if I can uh, um, tweet something out for the listeners at the break. Um, but it, it just, it, it works a little bit differently. It's still cellular technology, um, but it doesn't have the, uh, because it's operating on the, the higher frequency uh, type of radio waves that um, uh, that you have to have all of these cell towers much closer together because they don't have the same distance. Um, but they do have much higher speed, much less latency, um, and uh, you know ultimately um, there, there's going to be really no reason to have anything running on on wire. You know, I mean, we're going it, to it, it's it's downstream, way downstream. It can obsolete fiber. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, but I, I guess. Uh, and and they're already working on whatever six G is. But what kind of, uh, I mean, I gotta believe all this stuff is much more trackable. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, there's gotta be a downside to everything. Is, is there a downside to this? Well, the, the, the one may be that it interferes with all of the instrumentation in the cockpit. Well, yeah, that would be a problem. Uh, so we'll, we'll have to watch that story unfold, but, uh, that, that obviously that would be a concern, wouldn't it? Well, so uh, in third world cont- countries, you'd, you'd never have to string wire then in other words if you did it yeah and there's you know there there actually are uh, um, countries in Africa that are building out their infrastructure that way anyway that it's all wireless now it's not they're not the 5G yet but uh, but you know when you when you're deep into the continent and, and the idea of pulling fiber in there especially through uh, uh, rough geography it's much much easier to put um, uh, uh, solar powered uh, cell towers uh, all around there, so uh, there, there there are several companies that are doing that in third world countries. China, China's doing a lot of that too, right? Well, I'm sure they are. Yeah, one of my uh... China, you know, how does China trade on the infrastructure in uh, in third world countries? Um, they go in, they cut you a deal, they know you can't pay them back, and when you can't pay them back, they take it over. Uh, yeah, well, that's uh, that's it's it's actually they're, they're, they didn't invent that. Um, but uh, it's 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 effective business. I'm not going to say it's good business. It's effective business, wouldn't you say? To just get people who can't pay, like you know, buildings and everything else, and just take it over, like banks used to do that a lot of, right? Yeah, like the mafia does. Yeah, well, banks, mafia. What's the difference? Just, just let me loan you money for your restaurant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, can't pay me, <laughs> my restaurant. What uh, what do you make of? I was talking earlier before you popped on. Uh, but uh, Procter & Gamble's earnings came out, and in Zounds, they're able to. They're, they say their price increases so far have kept ahead of their their labor costs. Are we, are we gonna? Are we really as a as a as a country? To, do our, you know, you guys. Uh, well, you guys. I mean, a lot of people criticize the uh, um, the, the the media for uh, you know 
left and right stuff and that kind of thing. And I, I guess you know if I paid attention to that, I would uh, I would be right with everybody on that. But I really criticize. Do, do we really allow every CEO or anybody to come in and 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 just because they're a big shot, they get to essentially explain to the world bad economics? I mean, uh, the you uh, know, I mean, do you not? I guess the guy's not going to come in if somebody says, if I were to come in and say, "Gee, you know, PTI raised all their prices because uh, you know we gave Eliani a raise." <laughs> okay, I mean, if anybody believes that. I mean, we raise prices because we probably because we can for the first time in 25 years, but you're not going to see a securities firm raising prices. But I'm saying, was why 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 do these do do you give somebody a podium like that to go unchallenged, even if it's your show? I would never do that because that's why they're not on my show. But I guess, but how do you, wait a minute? So, so your margins up? Well, yeah. So in other words, you raise prices more than you needed to for. Joe getting a raise from twelve to fourteen dollars an hour. Well, yeah. So in other words, you would have raised prices even if Joe didn't get a raise. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, somewhere, somewhere, don't we have to ask these questions? Because we're we're educating a population. We're actually giving a bad economics lesson because people actually believe these bumps. Just saying. Or am I ranting well, about this? You no, know, it, it's it's a it's a common rant that uh, you know we do on this show what two three times a week. Yeah. <laughs> so. So it's you know it it, it 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 you do get tired of just raising the issue and knowing it's going to go nowhere though don't don't you yeah well that's well that's that's the uh, the bane of of uh, of everything I mean how do you how do you uh, think I feel after the last three or four weeks when all the people that I talk to uh, and I you know everybody knows I do a protected program and I didn't even I didn't even really get back into it to two and a half years ago people called me and said I'd like you to do the protective program you used to do like 10 years ago and we started doing it again and a couple other people wanted me to uh, subcontract it to I won't say bizarre they're, 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 they're expected I mean the, the 12 to 14 years is one bleep of a long time of, of people's lifetimes in their economic history and you know yesterday I was, I was talking to somebody uh, who we would all know the name if I, if I um, it's not Dr. J we would all know the name if, uh, and, and I was just, you know, trying to explain as best I could that, you know, you're, you're, you're talking about a phenomenon, a 12 to 14 year phenomenon that, that is, that is, you know, if you go back 50 years is, is totally abnormal. You know, where every single time market looked like it was going to go, even for COVID reasons or whatever other reasons, you know, the Fed kept pouring more money in, and now, now that game appears to be over. Appears to be. It doesn't mean they won't turn around and start doing it again, because they have before. And, you know, that, that whole idea that you're constantly protected in these prices, no matter where they go, you just sort of have to shake that. And because it, it just may not be that way. Well, it worked in 2020. I, I know, but we can't go back to 2020. I mean, I mean, it, it, it is interesting just to try and get the people, get people to think of something different than the, then the zero interest rate phenomenon that they've been involved in, where where where, where somebody comes up with the, the story again. Well, if I sell my stocks or even lighten up, what am I going to do with the money? And I, and I say, you know, there's there's, you know, I've told the story. It's it's, it's a dumb story, but I, so in 1980, when people were getting a 15 percent in the bank, if you would have gone to a cocktail party, uh, <clears throat> I went to a garden party. Who was that? Was that was that Earl Guthrie? Uh, Ricky Nelson. Ricky Nelson. I know, yeah. 
Um, our lookout three was City of New Orleans. Uh, and, and, and if you were to say, you know, I'm going to go down to the Continental Bank, the dear departed Continental Bank, and, and cash out my CD, and if I can find my mutual fund guy, because uh, there, no there weren't no ATFs at the time, I'm going to put some money in the market, you would have been laughed out of the party. But, you know, in, in this time, if you were to have said a year or two ago, man, I'm just not I'm not into this market so much anymore. It's just been going up, up, up. And went and took your money out of there and put it in the bank. You would have give, you would have missed. I won't say given up because if you're not, you can't lose what you're not involved in, right? But you would have you would have missed, you know, twenty percent year, twenty five percent year. So you know, there's a lot. But but then there, but every every whatever it is, someday it always turns, Kevin. I mean, it always turns. And and uh, you know, and I was saying, you know, you, you the whole thing is is built on a it's a, it's built on a straw foundation. That nobody's going to get money for their money. Risk-free rates are always going to be zero, and they're going to make you take risk to even get ridiculously low returns. You know that that that's a dog that will not hunt for a long time, even though it has done for like a decade. But it's just the whole idea that people that ha- that have money lend it to other people for nothing. I, I don't see how that plays out generation after generation. Do you? I mean, it, it hasn't since the dawn of man. If you want to, if you want to borrow something of mine, you got to give me something for it, right? I mean, I'm not talking about being a charlatan here i'm just talking about being you know this is why should somebody get nothing when other people get everything just saying <laughs> well it's like the, the the mystery of the universe isn't oh it? yeah i mean and, and you know and and I, I don't know why as as a, i mean i've said this before but i don't know why as a society we we don't we can't get jerome powell in a room and say by the way what are, what are the benefits of of you know, basically, really low interest rates, and he'll chime in the low cost of borrowing, this and that, and you know, blah. well, the simple fact is, with the exception of home prices, which you did were able to borrow pretty low, uh, matter of fact, really low, uh, it they never they never forced those interest rates, low interest rates down the chain. I mean, you don't, you don't, I don't see anybody walking around with a six percent credit card, do you? What? I'm yeah. sorry. Is- yeah. What, what did you call that? Yeah, a six or eight percent credit card. I don't see anybody doing that. I mean, they, they didn't force it down the channel. They don't care. It's a, it's um, it's just it's just a bizarre bizarre spot we're in. And now they were turning the other way, and people were like, "What do you mean? We we, we lost money in this last year? Well, that's that's your stock. You brought it in. I didn't I didn't buy. It. I mean, well, yeah, but I I love that stock. I mean, it, I mean now now people are uh, there. Are people who have so much Apple, so much so much of Microsoft. I mean. Uh, by the way, what do you guys think it is Microsoft buying this huge company? I mean, it, it, are we ever going to say no to these people? I was going to say, I was going to say, when, it, it, you know, let me know when there's nothing left for them to buy. Yeah, and, uh, you know, and, and they, were, they were saying how they, uh, you know, people, the, the, the way our tax thing works, it, it totally, it, it, it drives people they have these monolithic companies with all this money and not give it to anybody else. Now, I, I don't understand why, you know, uh, Solomon can't come down, well, he didn't come down from the mountaintop, whoever the hell came down from the mountaintop and say, look, why, why ex- explain to me, why isn't the tax saying that everybody pays the same amount? Individual, corporation, whatever it is, and if a corporation sends out a dividend, they get to deduct the dividend because the person who gets it has to pay it. They shouldn't have to pay twice. But there shouldn't be an incentive for somebody to hang out at three hundred billion dollars and not give it to their. I mean, I, I don't, I don't need Microsoft to pay forty percent higher for a stack if that if they sent me the dividend I could buy myself. 
Why, why, why do I need them to do that? To get into a totally different business? I mean, I, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know where the theory, economic theory for what that is. I mean, if it, I mean, if you're, if you're, uh, Warren Buffett and you wait for bad times and you can go in and, and lend a company money, uh, cause you have it and you get stock cheaper for your shareholders and cut, I use the term a deal, like a lady on, on a telephone commercial, uh, I, I can I can understand that, but I don't I don't need I don't need Kevin O'Neill Inc. that I'm a, a a big investor in. If I was, I don't need you keeping all this re, uh, retained earnings, not giving it to me, and going out and and, and paying Ford four times what it's worth. Why? Well, I, if I want to buy Ford, I can buy the stock myself. I don't need you to buy it twice the price. What am I missing? Um. Well, I I don't know what you're missing either. Um. I you know. What can you say? We we have moved into this world where we are just letting you know we are letting wealth concentrate in so you know such tight circles, uh, and you know when when you start looking at the prices of some of these stocks too, because everybody say, well, there's no reason you can't buy Microsoft. What's Microsoft trading for nowadays? So three hundred four down from like three forty. Yeah, how many people are out dropping you know dropping three four hundred dollars a share on a stock? Uh, you know, how many how many average people are doing that? Um, or thirty one hundred. Yeah, let me, let me go buy what five shares. Well, if, if you <laughs> if you made fifty grand a year or sixty, you and your wife, and you scrimped and saved the entire year, you maybe could buy one share of Amazon, thirty one hundred bucks. Yeah. So and, and and that's the point. So they're they're intentionally now. You know, you may through your four hundred one k be able to acquire. Uh, you know, or, or let's say reap whatever benefits there are, but uh, but in in general they're saying, uh, you know, who who benefits from this? Well, uh, very very wealthy people and fund managers because of the way we price the stocks so high and refuse to, you know, split them to do to do anything to make them affordable to the average person. And uh, I, I I just I, I don't think you know, it's just not healthy. It, it's not healthy. We you talked yesterday. Uh, about you know shrinking middle class, um, and uh, it, it you know the, the society is healthier for having a, a, a thriving middle class, and and we're doing everything we can uh, systematically to make sure we don't have that. But but we talk about it constantly. SP futures up eight, NASDAQ futures up thirty. Be right back, Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The Control Freak's Guide to Life, Money, and Probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. 
I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding health care reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630 401 8810 or search us on the web at cognoshr.com. CognosHR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Stocks, jocks, Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, North Bay Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom Archie's Eliani on the board. Solve the computer glitch. Came in and the thing was yes. uh, a little dead and uh, it was a little bulky coming back, but she kept smacking it. All Literally sudden, had to revive it. And it <laughs> smacked it all of a sudden it came back on. SP Peter's up seven and a quarter. SP Peter's up 29. We're up a bunch more earlier. We're trying to bounce back from a horrible day yesterday. Uh, as in, as in horrible because it was a few in a row. We kind of came back Friday afternoon and uh, had some short covering on the close and thought maybe we were off to the races, but or at least a little bit of a bounce, but that, that did not happen. Uh, Dow futures up 71 over in Europe. We've got the DAX up 54.3 percent, FTSE up 30.4 percent. So these are these are kind of dead cat bounces over here too. CAC round up 38.5 percent, trading floor term dead cat bounce. Nikkei down 792. These guys are taking the full brunt over in Nikkei because they weren't down yesterday. Shanghai only down 11.3 percent. Hang Seng actually up 15. We call that flat. Uh, Sony shares are down over 12 percent, so that's one of the big. A uh, big issues on the Nikkei, I guess. Uh, bonds up another basis point to 1.88. Uh, Bund uh, positive. We haven't seen this. We kept thinking it's going to make it here. Positive, but get a look at this. Positive point zero zero two, so barely positive. Uh, Japan positive point one four. We've got oil up another eighty six cents, eighty six twenty nine. This thing goes up every day. Seven year high. Uh, Turkey has some kind of an oil outage. I didn't even know Turkey was an exporter, but evidently we're going to. Figure any excuse we can here. Brent up 30, 73 cents, 88.24. Natural gas down 6 cents, 4.22. Our Bob up a penny, 
244. We've got gold up 590, back reasonably up over 18, 1800, 1818. Silver, which had a huge day yesterday, is up again today, 31 cents. I don't know what got into silver yesterday. 2380 is the whole number. If it breaks through 24, it's the first time it's done that in like a real long time. Copper up 7 cents, 445. And we have Bitcoin up 380 to 42,016. Eliani, what, if, what do you got for us? Traffic, weather, sports. Not much sports. No, not much sports. Good morning, everyone. It's currently 645 on January 19th, and my birthday's on Friday. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, is this a female thing? My, my girlfriend's on <laughs> June 7th, and she starts telling me about it like May 1st. As if I could possibly forget. Well, I didn't start talking about it until a couple days ago, so I don't think I'm as bad. Do you have a birthday week? No, I don't. My mother has a birthday month. Ah. Yeah. So she she goes all out. But anyway, here we go into sports, weather, traffic. Um, in the NBA, we have nothing to report for our Chicago and Phoenix teams. And uh, for the uh, for hockey, Blackhawks game, the Blackhawks game was, po- was postponed. So I think they're playing tomorrow. Um, in college basketball, IUPUI lost to Ohio State, 37-83. Huge, huge loss. And uh, NIU lost to Bowling Green, 83-92. Uh, kind of a busy morning on the road. There was an accident on Lake Street between uh, County Road 23 and Gary and County Road 29 and Gary. So two accidents to look out for there. Bit of traffic this morning on 94 inbound and outbound between North Avenue and 43rd. Uh, traffic inbound on 55 North between 171 and South Kedzie. Traffic inbound 290 East between Wolf Road and Harlem. Uh, more traffic on Route 12 North between Waveland and West Goodman. And traffic on 294 north inbound between 127th and Route 171. There was an accident earlier this morning that they're cleaning up. And there's also construction to look out for on all of these roads. So make sure you plan ahead of time so you can get to work on time this morning. Sounds like I'd turn back if I were you. I know, right? Just go home. <laughs> well, I used to say go home and play golf, but in this weather, it's supposed to get real, real cold too, right? Yeah, I mean, it's actually not going to be that bad. It's, I mean, considering how the weather was like this, I think we're like near a, we had a polar vortex, I think, in 2017 or 2018. Yeah, so, I mean, we're actually doing, we're sitting pretty good um, as far as weather goes in Chicago. Uh, currently 28. Um, it's going to be a high of 30, low of 18 uh, in Phoenix. Um, they're sitting pretty at 69 with a low of 46 today. So they're doing really good. Um, how good are they going to be, Kevin? You think we're going to we're going to bail on spring training? Oh uh, no, there'll be spring training. It just might not happen until the middle of the summer. Oh, these won't be spring. Just saying. I, but uh, yeah, you know, I, I know you were talking about going down there, and I, you know, I had been talking to uh, my son who lives in Phoenix about doing a spring training uh, this year, and uh, and I don't think it's going to happen. I could still. You know, I, I could still enjoy a trip down there during the uh, during spring break, but um, but it won't be for baseball. Yeah, actually, I was talking to a gentleman yesterday, and he was saying that the players are really kind of on their own rehab and the whole bit is just kind of weird. You have to go get their own people, and usually, you know, the, the owners, uh, you know, the, the teams, since they're well, I guess their insurance pays for it, but they since they're they're paying for a lot of the surgeries and all that stuff are are really usually pretty much on the rehab and make sure guys, you know, a lot of these surgeries, it's all, rehab is, you know, I won't say 80% of it, but it certainly can be half the battle, right? And you don't want to just boot people out of facilities and say, you know, I'm sure there's there's other people around that, you know, that you can get pretty good rehab from. Matter of fact, I know there is, but uh, still you would think you'd like to have some of that sort of controlled, but, or, or in a place that, you know, you're getting the absolute best care with that kind of investment, but I guess nobody... Comes right down to it. The uh, 
you know, I, I, I don't know, it's, it's not uh, the owner. It's, it's, it's about power, right? Well, it, it is. Uh, do you recall how the last, um, um, I, I, think it, I think it was a strike last time. I'm not sure whether it was a strike or a lockout, but let's just call it the last work stoppage. Do, do you have any uh, remembrance of how it ended? Uh, no, there were a few kind of in a row. I do not. Uh, it, it was court-ordered ending. Oh, that's right. That's right. And and the the court um, the the court ruled that uh, the owner owners had engaged in unfair labor uh, labor practices that they were not barge- bargaining in good faith. They built up a war chest so that they could stonewall on the negotiations and try and outlast them. And of course, labor law says you have to actually make good faith efforts to bargain. So. Uh, so the judge, uh, it just so happens that with an appellate court judge named Sonia Sotomayor, uh, who ordered them all back to work uh, under the terms of the old agreement, and because the owners didn't like the old agreement <laughs> very much, they decided they better negotiate something pretty darn quickly. Um, you know, I, I think it's, it's probably going to come down to something like that, where, uh, you know, they're, they're just, they're, they're, they're so dug in on their sides um, but somebody is going to run afoul of labor law, and as a result, that's how they're going to wind up going back to work. Um, this is probably more a... Well, you've been known to read a book without pictures. I'll ask you. How, how does, you can ask me, but uh, I think you're, you're, pro- you're probably going to say this is probably more of a loo question. I'm just, and and I, you'll, you'll be right. Well, I'm, I'm unclear, unclear, as they say, on the concept of how exactly laws buck up against, labor law bucks up against a congressionally mandated uh, monopoly. Oh, the antitrust exemption? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, labor law still applies. It, you know, they're, they're pretty specific about what the, uh, you know, what the antitrust exemptions for various sports do and don't cover. I, I, I doubt that. I mean, it was a, it was a 1915 or 20 law, isn't it? It, it, does, it doesn't matter. I think they've clarified some of them. I, I know it's, it, uh, say, football. Football has certain a certain amount of protection, uh, for example, but uh, in football's case, uh, they're very specific about it. I guess, you know, maybe it's uh, overly bold to assume that they have applied the same to baseball. I, I'm going to uh, say that when, uh, again, where's, where's Lou when we need him? Uh, I'm going to say that the football one is when the, AFL and the NFL uh, asked for permission to merge. They got the ability to 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 market as a unit. They did not get an antitrust exemption. They act like they have one, but they do not have one. They have some kind of a an exemption allows them to to sell marketing or something as a unit rather than right as to behave as a uh, as a cartel for purposes of you know. and and you know they, I mean part of it is that uh, that. You know, they, they are, the, the league is an organization that has a vested interest in certain kinds of outcomes and, and competitive balance and so on. Uh, and, and then at the same time, uh, you want the individual, uh, uh, teams to compete against each other. And so that kind of, uh, creates some, um, uh, situations that become at cross purposes with each other. Well, as a, as a person from, uh, who spent a little time in the, in the coaches class and labor economics. When you look at, uh, well, the Cubs aren't typical now, obviously, because they got rid of everybody. But you see these teams when there's, you know, 25 or 40 people over on the, on the lot, on the roster. And there's 
eight people making twenty million and the rest of the people make six hundred eighty thousand. There's something wrong, Kevin. I mean, and the idea that that you know that somebody doesn't get have a chance to change jobs for how many years? I mean, it, so this this guy, uh, did, who are the two guys that the Cubs brought up this year? They're they're over thirty. That one, one did one almost one rookie of the year, or did he? Uh, oh yeah, Patrick Wisdom. You're you're thinking of and and Wisdom actually. He did get to play for a couple of other teams in the majors, and and didn't uh, you know didn't stick uh, before coming to the Cubs. I'll say talk more about he the first. Did have a long minor, uh, long minor league career, I think, in the Cardinals organization before he got that chance. But that's not the only club he he played for. He actually well, he actually the, uh, did have some time in the majors with other teams. Who's the first baseman? Uh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. He was a guy from played. College ball at Rutgers or someplace. But like I mean, that. He's, he 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 was the real deal. He played a really, really nice first base, and he he was steady all the way to the end. Where Wisdom had some had some ups and downs, but Wisdom's got more power. But that, that kid at first base, he he looked like he you know was born in the spot. But you know, for a long time, and he was half half the year, wasn't he? Anyway, what I'm saying that dude. By the time if he his minor league career has to be, I'm going to guess six seven years. So if he sticks in the major, and that's a big if, the guy the guy will be a free agent when he's what thirty five. That that that's not exactly free agency by the way I define it. Well, none of the free agency is. I mean, it's really you know it's a star system. It it, it is totally built around uh, around the idea that um, uh, uh, that uh, you know the stars are going to get paid and. and the rest of you, um, you know, you get what you can, you get whatever scraps you can. Um, so you're you're thinking of Frank Schwindel, yeah. And uh, Schwindel is actually how old is he? I think he's uh, over thirty. He's twenty nine. Okay. Um, and he, let's see, is he twenty nine? Uh, really, like twenty nine? He, 29? he actually did some time with the Royals and then uh, with Oakland before uh, coming to Chicago. So. You know, he he just didn't stick with those other teams, and if he played three or four years in college, he didn't even hit the minor leagues until he was twenty-two. Yeah. Um, so he's 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 not a god awful story. I mean, you really you know if you're if you're coming out of college, you need to fast track. You you don't have time to go through class A, double A, triple A, all that, and and that's where most of them land is at a, at a class A level. So, um, yeah, if if you're gonna if you're gonna get uh, get any get yourself your six years done and uh, and get to free agency. You darn well better be on a really really fast track to the major leagues as soon as you get out of college. Well, that's what happened. Audrey's got a, a friend and the kid. I've mentioned him years ago. He he went to Stanford. This, this is what's so special about when we're we're putting uh, people in jail for trying to give a university money to let their kid in, right? And, you know, and I don't have. I don't. I, I would. I would make a horrible judge because I always would. Because I, because I, I keep my eyes open and see what else is going on. Anyway, this this kid, uh, real good baseball player. I mean, he, his, his senior year was uh, was all was kind of messed up in terms of statistics. He played for one of these south suburban uh, schools, and uh, senior year was all messed up because he uh, they 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 had to move him up into the second spot because all he did was walk the kid. So his senior year stats, you know, pretty much suck. <laughs> he never got a pitch. He was like Glenn Allen Hill, where they, where they walked him all the way through Little League World Series when he was 12 years old. And uh, but I mean, this guy's no Glenn Allen Hill, but still, he and he gets uh, 
where we had we had a place in Indiana, and we had this the mother had spent a weekend down there, and she says, "You know, the the coach from Stanford wants to come and have lunch on Tuesday. Should I like let him come over? I'm drinking my coffee. I almost spit it out. I go." What do you mean? Should you let him come over? What, what, what is the matter with you? Of course you let the guy come over. We end up giving the kid a, 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 a scholastic ride, so he didn't even he didn't even have to play baseball. You have to count him because he gradu- graduated out of four hundred kids. He graduated like twelve or something. I mean, real smart kid. So he gets a scholastic ride to to Stanford, and uh, and, the, and the weird part that I'm saying, why how are we going to put these other people in jail? The girl who was the valedictorian. And a guy who was graduated third, both applied to Stanford where they were going to pay and got flushed. Meanwhile, the twelve gets a scholastic ride. And well, that, that's how that whole thing, and that, that's sort of the underpinning of the um, uh, the scandal with the uh, the wealthy people who were uh, getting their kids into college. What you do is um, you. You know, the baseball coach in this case goes to admissions and says, "I'm recruiting this guy. I want him admitted. I'd like you to. I'd like you to admit him." Um, and he's, you know, he's qualified on his own merits. But Stanford is a highly selective uh, university, and they turn down many, many qualified people. So this, you know, the, this guy gets priority treatment, and he gets and he gets admitted. So, you know, that that's cool. Um, what they were doing in the case of the wealthy people is they were saying, well, we're going to go to the rowing coach, and the rowing coach is going to come in and say, uh, not, there's not a scholarship involved, it's just admissions. The rowing coach will bribe the rowing coach to go to admissions and say, I'm recruiting this, uh, uh, this particular uh, high school student when, in fact, they are not. They don't uh. care. That person's never going to get in a boat for them. Um, and then that gets them, you know, uh, they, they might even list that person on the rowing team, but because it's not with a scholarship, it's, it, but it's, it's getting them past admissions when they otherwise would not get past admissions. And it's, it's really the bribery as much as anything that got, well, not as much as it's the bribery that got them in trouble, not the, uh, um, you know, the scam in the system. Well, the, uh, yet the people in Illinois or Ohio or Michigan, that are in charge of admissions to Illinois, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, will turn down people in their own state uh, to take people out of state because they pay more money. Now, that that's okay, though. Uh, or is it okay to accept a disproportionate number of students, uh, uh, foreign students from China because you have a whole lot of grant money coming from the uh, uh, Chinese Communist Party? You know, oh, they pay wandered for, once removed yeah. from the Chinese Communist they pay, Party. They pay full bore. They pay full bore. I mean, it's a... You know, I, I mean, I, I think, and I don't see how we're going to get it. Certainly in our lifetime, uh, Kevin. Maybe Eliani's group can straighten this out. We need, we need somebody. And I don't, I don't, boy, I tell you what, I don't care what they look like, what sex they are. I, we need somebody to, to add oh, just a tad of moral fiber to this to this country that could actually get up in front of people and say, "Hey, look, that's not the way we're going to operate like ever again under my watch." You, you you convicted this guy and you forgot about all these other people because you think it, whatever it is every every single thing we come across here now I, uh, I'm always like this on Wednesday because I talked to some of my guys on Tuesday night and the uh, I was talking to uh, one of my attorney buddies yesterday who's seen everything and he goes you know there's he goes I think there's fifteen thousand people working in prosecution in the Chicago area and I go 
what are you talking about? And he said, no, look at the people in the state's attorney's office. The Secretary of State's got a group. The feds have a huge group. They all go to Quantico to learn. The the DEA has a group. The uh, uh, tobacco firearms people have a, have a group. Because if you total them all up, it's like 15,000 people. And there's people they charge, people they don't charge, people they go after, people they don't. He goes, it's unbelievable that that you know the, the individual people that are that are fighting something. They people are all down down their throat, and people that are five times worse are walking right next to them. Somehow, Kevin, we have to. I mean, certainly you see it in the in the finance game. I mean, and I and you see it with the with the Fed doing what they're doing, who they're giving money to, who they're telling people about. You see people, in, you know, in, I don't know, somehow or another, I think we need to, uh, I don't know how you, you bring this back, but there needs to be some sort of a, you know, of a, of a list, uh, a simple list, like our, our, our high school gym instructor, who's still alive, by the way, he goes, rule number one, obey all the other rules. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there needs to be some some simple thing here where you're some, where somebody has some kind of judgment instead of us just running around like a bunch of idiots all, all and, and all the money ends up in, in, in 10 places well let, let me uh, close out um, you know with this notion because I, I was hoping we would get to discuss it today and maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll spend more time well, keep, on Friday keep, keep but going, I know Russell hasn't talked called a little in bit yesterday about the uh, minority owner of the uh, uh, from the warriors who um, talked about uh, not caring about the the uh, situation with the Uyghurs in in China, and um, uh, you know I I think there, there was a much longer conversation as part of that podcast, and I'll I'll tweet it out to the listeners, and maybe that'll tee it up. But I think it's it's you know it's a a good discussion about where are we going to draw the lines on some of this stuff? Where are we going to draw the lines as consumers? But where are businesses going to start? Where and when? If even even will they uh, will businesses start and won't do business with? Uh, what do you say we tee that one up on Friday? Because I think um, I think the, the the dude made a mistake by saying caring. That's that's the wrong word. It's the question is should you let it affect your business? Well, decision? he pretty much doubled down on. It. I don't know if yeah. you saw the uh, if you had time to watch the video segment from the podcast that I sent you. Um, and he's he's since issued uh, something of a correction that said, well, of course I care. I just you know it's whatever you know whatever it was uh, you know obviously uh, it was not artfully uh, expressed. But I, I I also think if you listen to the full context, you'll see that he pretty much meant what he said. Um, so uh, you know, it, let me let me tweet it out. It, it right. it'll, it's uh, it's on YouTube. I'll have it with a uh, um, you know. It, I'll I'll just fast forward to that part of the uh, um, uh, of the podcast and let people listen to themselves, and then let's have a conversation about it on Friday. All right, bud. Take care of yourself. SP Futures up fifteen. Nasdaq Futures up eighty one. Uh, give me a real short break here. Back by Mister Russell Rhodes. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time to gain for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for 
for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hear ye, hear ye! The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air! Stocks, jocks, Stocks and jocks. You are out of control! Here, right now, right here, right now. Well, we're back to Section Jacks. I'm Tom Howell. She's Eliani on the board. SP Futures up 16. NASDAQ Futures up 87. Um, Russell, are you with us? I'm here. What's up, man? How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you? Doing all right. Eliane's convinced now that she can take apart the entire uh, software system over there and uh, with the operative. Don't worry. It'll all work. What do you think? There's no break. There's no taking apart. There's no taking apart. <laughs> oh God, I don't know. Just don't pick on her, man. She gets up at four a.m. for you. Oh, I would never pick on her. You know what, Russell? Thank you. I would never, I would never <laughs> pick on her. She's a, she's a doer. She's a good one. Ah, thank you. And, uh, and she is here bright, bright and early on time. She was very miffed that since we were both here, that the, all of a sudden the machine was bulky. Shall we say? How's that for a term? Bulky. I did not say it was bulky. Oh, I just did. I mean, but what, <laughs> is that the truth? I mean, that's what that's what they used to say about cars that didn't start. It was bulky. I mean, it's not bulky. It's just. Dysfunctional. Well, that's the same thing. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, I was. I was, I was seeing a saying. I'm not going to. I'm not going to hit her up with a with a, uh, a a female thing here. But I was. I was wondering. There was a thing in this poor digest I got, Russell. Could you start a 1950 Chevy? And I went through the with the whole list, and I'm thinking, I I think I could have figured it out, but uh, it would have been tough for most people. I think. Uh, there's like nine knobs, and none of them have a... No, what was it about old cars? They never labeled any of the knobs on the dashboard. It was an adventure. Yeah, it was like we either knew how you were doing it. It was a maker and adventure. Yeah, with the ignition and the starter switch and the choke and all that other stuff. and uh, Strange stuff. Anyway, Russell, how are you, bud? Other than that here. Okay, I, I guess he hung up. <laughs> <laughs> or or uh, something happened. He'll, he'll call back. Yeah, there was a bit of a, a glitchy situation on his end there. I think you heard it. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, he'll he'll call back in, though. Because I wanted to get his, uh, I mean, those that don't know, Russell is a Ph.D., and he's written some uh, books on the VIX. And we had uh, Mike Hart on last week. And for those, even after yesterday, the VIX is, I'm going to say, a, a paltry 22. Uh, 
the market was down heavy. I mean, uh, very heavy yesterday. It has been now for a while. And there's a big, you know, some stocks are down 20, 25, 30 percent, some way more. Uh, some of the areas where, uh, my brother does some work in a lot of these, uh, there's a lot of, a lot of clients that really want to, they're absolutely convinced that this electric car thing is, is the way of the future. And they have almost their own portfolio of, uh, battery companies and uh, people with the charging stations and and the electric car companies themselves some of the suppliers uh, all the people with lithium and everything like that and and these things are absolutely getting annihilated I mean, yeah they are russell I mean, what do you think are you here what do i think she, that's that's her way of, of going he's back yeah uh, <laughs> yeah after hanging up the phone <laughs> yeah so i just i was you two were chatting so much i figured you didn't need me well oh. I mean, i'm trying to what i'm trying to get to you russell is i've had uh mm-hmm. I'm talking to an awful lot of clients, and to say that the last few weeks is a tone change, and it's not being believed by a lot of people. And I'm really without, you know, they're, they're your clients. They want they want you to do. I do the protective stuff for, you know, mm-hmm. 20, 25 percent of a lot of their accounts. Some of the people, it's more than that, and uh, they've got these legacy stocks that they've had like forever. And man, Russell, you just can't. It's not up, it's not up to me to say. You know, sell your Apple or your Microsoft. I mean, because I don't think you probably should. But, but that doesn't mean they're not going to get repriced. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, we all. Nothing is harder than telling somebody to list the ten stocks, saying this one's a keeper, that one's a seller. I mean, that that that's like the, your worst conversation with anybody in the business I'm in, because because you know, just whether you like a company or don't, it doesn't mean the stock is fairly priced or is it right. right? And uh, oh, absolutely. But I mean, it, the amount of faith. The, the conviction after 12 or 14 years of essentially a one-way market, you can, I mean, I, 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 I walk very lightly on this, but by the same token, I, I have to say, guys, you've, you've had a spectacular 12 years. Give it a rest for a while. You can always get back in. And, and if all of a sudden the world looks great a year from now and the market's 10% higher, so what? Get back in then. I mean, you know, I, I mean, it's just, I don't even know what to say. Can you help me here? Um... <laughs> I, you know, you definitely would. I have, first off, I'm glad I don't do what you do, because <laughs> when they give you that list of ten stocks, you're definitely gonna, you know, you're you're not gonna bat a thousand, and they're gonna come back at you and say, "Why'd you tell me to sell this when that yeah. one went down a lot more?" But yeah. there definitely has been a tone change with the stock market. The problem is we have such short. Mem- most people have such short memories. Even people who have been around for a long time. They don't remember, you know, a 30, 40% correction like we had just over 10 years ago. About 15 years ago now, I guess. Uh, they, they don't realize that, that that can happen. And the problem is when we do get, you know, the complete shift and things are really falling apart, that's when they're going to tell you to sell everything. And it's going to be the worst, absolute worst time. The, the bane of the retail trader, and don't, don't mm-hmm. you know, don't. Don't, if you're a retail trader, don't feel like you're being insulted. You're not, but the, you, you, your instinct is to buy when things are going up and everything looks great, and your instinct is to sell when everything looks lousy and the price is way down. And, and you really want yeah. to be on the other side of that trade, as hard as it is. Yeah, no, you you most definitely want to. Um, you know who Ed Thorpe is? Yep. Yeah, I, I I had the opportunity to spend about a half hour with him once and interview them for Cebo and. Then offline, I talked to him, and I just said, you know, what, 
you know, what are you looking for right now? You know, what, what are you thinking right now with respect to markets? And he goes, I don't really see a whole lot, but I'm... Well, you know, you got it further than you ever thought it was going to work. But I, mm-hmm. uh, from an economics um, teacher, I just, I, I'm stunned that, uh, that, that people don't quite understand that this whole idea of all the people that, that have money that are willing to invest have no place to put it at a risk-free number, and nobody pays for that. Mm-hmm. They, that somehow they, they think that's, that's normal. And even though it's been normal for a while, I'm going to say it's not normal. Uh, the idea that, you know, you get to use my money for nothing. Uh, and, and, and you drive people that are 85 years old into buying stocks because they can't get anything in the bank, even when they probably would be very happy, you know, if they have a couple of million bucks, put in the bank for a while, making 33% and, uh, or three and a quarter and, 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 and yeah. it's okay. But you, you've taken that, purposely taking that away from people. And I, God, you talk to someone, you know, some new client, I had a guy, I mean, I, I, he's not a client, so I can, I can say it. He calls, uh, last week and he's got a couple million bucks, maybe four. He's 85 years old. And I, and I go, uh, well, you know, he, I think at, at 85, you, you should be looking about protecting some of this stuff, either protecting it in the market or maybe we'll find a way to, you know, get some of it out of the market. Or, what do you mean? <laughs> I had a great year in, you know, 2020 and I'm going, I don't, I don't doubt that. I mean, because I had a good year <laughs> last year in these 10 stocks. I said, you know, if I go back and trade those two years for you, I, I'm right with you. I said, but this is 2022. It's, you don't, you don't want to give that back. You're not working anymore. I mean, what are you doing? I mean, at some point you got to say enough's enough and, or just lighten up. I mean, you know what's hard, Russell, is, is if, if you balance your portfolio like a, like a trader. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I, the, the success I had on, on the trading floor, uh, couple things. I mean, uh, it, you, you have to leave your ego at the door. You know, which. Oh yeah. Because when, when, I mean, you know, I'd have a, a bad day, good day. You know, I was never had the personality for it because if I had a bad day, I was more pissed off than if I had a good day, I was happy. You know, which I guess is a bad, is a bad psyche for a trader. But no matter how bad it was, the next morning I'd go work out, maybe go have a drink with somebody. I'd walk in the next day. I'd look at my portfolio like if it was yours and not mine. And I'd say, I don't know how this thing got here. <laughs> but here it is, here it is, and here's kind of what I want, and they never matched. You know, and, mm-hmm. and, and the, the, the first hour I spent putting orders in to the crowd, uh, as a, as a, as a retail person to go from this one to that one to this one to this one. So when I finally entered the pit at 9.30 or 10 and stayed there the rest of the day, I had the things pretty much straightened out before I got in there. But you have to look at it like it's not even yours. Remember, uh, remember uh, Marty O'Connell, that group, O'Connell and Piper? Yeah, yeah. Well, Marty told me that what they used to do, and he and Jim both traded the trading floor, is the next morning they'd, they'd both adjust the other guy's portfolio. So so there was no, they, so there, there was no, this is mine, it must be right, you know, type of thing. The old, <laughs> ad, the, the old adage was, you know, if, I, if you sell me 10 calls at four and a half and I can't sell them, I just went from a trader to investor. Now I think the stock's going up. I'll just keep these calls, right? But, it, but it's oh. not, you know, that's not what you're, that's not what you're there to do, right? So I mean, right. I, I, and that, you should always, you should always have an exit plan when you get into something. Unless you're Warren Buffett, who just says he wants to own things forever. Well, cause but he's he, unique. But he can, because he doesn't have to pay anybody a dividend. Yeah, yeah, he can, he can also, cause he's not gonna get fired for a couple of bad years. Right. And, uh, but I mean, what, so what do you, what, right now, what, if you're talking, you know, 
But what you just mentioned about the, the 10 stacks, what if somebody, thank God this didn't happen, what if somebody would have come to me or you as a professor like 15 years ago and said, here's my portfolio, and in there were United, Sears, Kmart, GM, Citigroup, <laughs> and it had like 10 stacks like that. I would have said, looks fine to me. <laughs> Wouldn't you? Yes, the wid- widows and orphans portfolio back then. Yeah, yeah. You know, the one that yeah, you, the one that you think will be solid forever, and all of a sudden the, it wor- the worst. The worst would be if you went into a coma fifteen years ago and just came out right now, and you know if it were you or me, the first thing we'd want to do is check our portfolio. Yeah, um, and they'd say what portfolio? Yeah, hey, but where's where's that Sears? What, <laughs> what, what, United Airlines looks like it's pretty doing pretty good. So is General Motors. Now your your stock, you, you don't have stock in there. What do you mean? I had General Motors. I had United Airlines. No, those all went out worthless. This is all new stock. You'd be sitting there going, "What are you yeah. talking about, Bear Stearns?" This isn't the GM you own. Yeah, this isn't the G- this isn't your <laughs> your father's GM. <laughs> yeah. So, what do you make of this? We uh, market has been going south, but it's also been going south. Some areas are really getting whacked, and some areas not yeah. so much. Uh, what do you make of that? Is is it is it coming apart in the areas you thought it was going to come apart? I guess is my question. Um, yeah, I mean, so so far this year, and of course it's early, uh, it seems like value stocks are holding up a bit better than everything else, which is what you would expect if people are concerned about stocks. They're going to go into more, quali- more quality-type names, I guess, if you just look at them from a valuation standpoint. Uh, but I think people are also taking a look at, you know, companies like, Tesla hadn't gotten really slammed quite yet, but... Taking a look at a company like Tesla, who's really not making a whole lot of money right now, uh, and questioning whether that you're going to be able to ride out a difficult economic time in a in a company like that, and I don't think you're going to be able to. Um, I have a question. You know, I have a question course, for you. I... And it's it's the na- it, the ones that are getting hit are the names that you know. God bless her, Kathy Wood, who runs the Ark funds. You know, they they basically. We're owning stocks, not worrying about valuation, but owning story stocks. And the story's no good when the economy's starting to turn on you, or there's a lot of macro concerns out there. We had a client who absolutely uh, insisted when he brought money to one of the places I'm with uh, that he be in his ARC. And I go, I don't know if you want to be totally in there. But I I bought some puts and sold calls. I said, well, let me at least try and protect it a little bit. And the, thing, mm-hmm. the thing's down like I don't know sixty bucks, and I think I made. It's yeah, it's down a lot, you know. And I and, and yeah, I, I I hate that every on FinTwit, which I spend a lot more time on than you do. Uh, yeah, they just love to beat up on her, and and I'm like, why are you beating up on her, man? She had her success and did particularly well, you know. Why why do you why are you hating on somebody that seems like a pretty nice person that's doing like that? That's why. I didn't want to come across as picking on her because I feel like everybody else has been picking on her. And she had a good thought there. It was, she was buying the kind of stocks that made no sense that were going up the whole time. It's just that the tide's kind of turned on that type of investing now. Well, I, th- I think the issue with her is, and again, I, I, on a personal level, I'm sure she's very nice. I, the, you, you can't, the market being what the market is, especially when it gets you booted around by some, you know, the Fed and everybody else, uh, mm-hmm. you, you you can't become it's like it's like Tom Lee who I actually think I mean, some of the people here at uh, one place I work for all know him say he's the nicest guy and I'll bet he is but 
But you you mm-hmm. can't you can't get hung up that your your whole shtick is you're bullish because then no matter what happens, you you can you you you're, you're going to see because sometimes you want to be bullish and sometimes you don't. I mean, I mean Joe Grant, mm-hmm. I mean you're you're too young for Joe Granville. When I when I first came in the business, 1980, Joe Joe Granville was the was the chief bear. He actually had a really good uh, technical analysis system. What guys? That oh yeah, use no, I'm, I know exactly what you're talking about. I worked I worked at a hedge fund where a guy was continuously bearish. So, well, we but, his work. but he was. <laughs> but what, once the interest rates were coming from 15 percent to whatever night, I was you know, I was on the flip side of where I am now. I'm going, you know, one of these days. These rates are going to have to come down, or else I don't know how we're going to s- survive. And when they do, mm-hmm. you know, the, the stock market at eight hundred and the Dow has to go the other way. I mean, it just has to. But of course, I was yeah. a year and a half early. But uh, but Joe Granville, like long after, you know, interest rates started to come down, and it was really obvious that it wasn't just a rally; it was a it was a reprice that the market was clearly worth a hell of a lot more at ten percent interest rate than it was fifteen. I mean. I mean, if you haven't learned, learned that in third grade economics, I mean, I, I, got, I, you know, I feel sorry for you. I mean, it, it's, it's like now, this stuff is just not worth as much at 4% interest rates as it is at half a percent. I mean, there's, yeah. there's, I mean it, it just isn't. I mean, I, you and I can't, you know, even a PhD like you can't change the laws of physics, Scotty. I mean, it, so, but I mean, uh, she, she became with Joe Granville two years later as the market like doubled the guys every morning, sell all stocks. Gee, Joe. I mean, you know, it it kind of left you. You know what I'm saying? It. I mean, yeah. You, you have to be somewhat flexible, and there's there's days for buying and days for selling, right? And there's prices that you want to be involved, and prices you don't, right? And it's yeah. What? Uh, well, we used to get a lot more frequent collections than we do now, and I think that's another reason that people don't have very good hindsight as to what can happen with the market, and. You know, unfortunately, a lot of people are going to get hurt by that. Uh, those of us that are waiting patiently right now and, and putting everything they have in cash and being prepared to take advantage of it, we're going to be the happy folks. Well, are you uh, speaking of Teslas? I don't. I don't want to beat up on an individual stack because I don't. I don't do that. But uh, if they ever, if you if you don't count the money they get from selling the the, the energy credits. You don't count mm-hmm. that. Have they ever made a dime? I don't think they've turned cash flow positive yet. Well, that's, that's which positive. Is what, which is what I consider making a dime. Um, so I don't think they've reached that point quite yet. I think uh, a lot of it has been finagling the type of credits and the, the, the tax credits they get and some other things. But I don't think they've... Uh, and if they are cash flow positive, it's a very small number relative to what they uh, <laughs> what they're worth right now. But they were selling that stuff for was it like two, three, four hundred million dollars a quarter? Mm-hmm. Those credits. I mean, that that's real money. Yeah. No, I think uh, and that you know that that'll result in cash. But from their core business, I guess that's what I'm trying to fumble around and say here from their from their core business, I, which is selling the electric cars. I don't really think they're making uh they're they're really making much of a profit at all. What are those things uh what do those things cost? I mean can, what can you get into a, a Tesla for? A Tesla? Yeah. They're not cheap. That's another thing is everybody you know, you hear uh, everybody should be responsible and try to drive an electric car which 
you know, that right there is, is uh, let's see, the, the, here's a used 2021 Tesla Model 3 for 50000 bucks. Yeah, I, that's a used one. What was here's that? a used 2020 for $44,000. That, I mean, people can't afford that. Even if you, even if you start to figure in, well, at least I don't have to fill up my tank, you know, a couple times a month or however often you use it. Um, it's just it's it, electric cars that you would want to actually drive and feel safe in. Uh, there, most people are priced out of them right now, but that is changing, and it's not because of Tesla lowering prices. It's because the traditional automakers are coming in there. And are going to uh, Tesla's going to have some issues over the next couple of years. We got a few minutes here to break. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Tesla, the other uh, have you? Do you have any? Uh, you you bought a car? What a year was a year ago? Nine months ago? Something like that? Uh, I bought no. I bought a car about. So I, it seems like with people turning sixteen and, and a wife that I want to keep happy, I am buying new cars uh, on pretty regularly. Uh, we bought a Kia Telluride which she just absolutely loves, which is a gas-powered car. Um, that was the most recent one that we purchased. And we got, I, think I, I think I talked about that on air, about how we had put it in for an we, we ordered one that we thought would come about now, and the person that this one was delivered for dropped dead. Um, go COVID. And because of that, we were able to get the car earlier. Uh, I, think, I think Audrey's, <laughs> Audrey's cousin... Um, went and found uh, my buddy from the Fed was looking for. Does Kia make a Sportage or something like that? It looks like a box. Uh, I, is that the S thing? I, uh, it looks kind of like a yeah. box. Kia Kia makes a few, um, and Ford makes a few electric cars as well. No, no, these are, these are this is gas, but oh yeah, I mean they they do like there's a there's there's a Kia mm-hmm. S model that's going for about the same cost as a Tesla Model Three, which is around forty thousand dollars. Well, Eddie went out and found this for for Robert, and he, he it was a uh, key. But this is a regular gas thing. It looked like kind of a kind of an ugly looking thing, but oh yeah, it's hideous. But uh, <laughs> but I but I uh, <laughs> but I tell you what, I get into thing, and, and I you know I I, and, uh, I rode back with it because I had to deliver another car for Eddie, or he asked me to. And uh, I tell you what, it was all kinds of room. It, it was really nice. I mean, driving. But I'm saying Kia, the uh, the the idea. Right now, try and buy a car. My nephew's looking for one. Oh yeah, they want four yeah. four grand over list. And uh, now, I don't know. You're not you're not quite as quite as grumpy in the world as I am. But uh, does anybody really think that with two or three real chip makers left in the world, that they haven't figured out that if they make ninety percent of what they were making before and double the price, they do a lot better? I mean, does anybody really that's think? Quite, you know what? That, that's quite possible, and that would answer um, a, a thought that, that I've had that I don't quite get. Um, if we have a chip shortage, why aren't the companies that make uh, the equipment that you need to make chips? That's actually a very specialized area. Why aren't those stocks going absolutely ballistic? Because uh, you'd think that all the chip makers would want to ramp up production, and you just answered my question as to why. The semiconductor equipment stocks haven't done very well. Well, the if you so if, the chip makers like the current environment. Well, if you like if Ford, say for instance, use them as a or the Chevy dealers. If you drive by one and you see five pickups in the lot, 
you're not going to find a pickup for less than eighty grand. You're, you're not going to go get a work truck. They're not going to waste a chip on a thirty thousand dollar truck. They're going to they're going to put it in a seventy five thousand dollar truck. I mean, to a certain extent, everybody loves this. I mean, the uh, the the one uh, Honda dealer just bought just got bought out by another guy. They're all and the the guy the guy that was bought out was twenty five hundred over list. Now the new guy's four thousand over list. I mean, uh, how, how do you how do you how do you even do that? What what happens if somebody bangs into your insurance company's got to pay four thousand over list? Oh God, no! <laughs> yeah, I'm saying. Uh, or what if somebody steals it? I mean, this whole idea. Uh, I mean, I mean you, yeah, and that's a and that's a problem in Chicago. Yeah, well, I, yeah, that's a real problem. Whenever whenever, whenever you whenever you have uh, somewhat of a monopoly cartel, whatever you want to call it, uh, oligopoly, whenever you have something like that happening. And then you got prices going up. I mean, I, I look at the market right now. We got to break here, but I, I'm, I had a, I had a suspicion that maybe Home Depot and Lowe's, if you don't, if you're not in the Midwest where they have Menards, which is a pretty good competitor, uh, they've pretty much taken over, you know, the, the home improvement business, haven't they? I mean, countrywide. I mean, I'm sure there's still other people. Oh yeah. There. But st- but if you if you look since all this uh, inflation stuff started and the COVID started. You don't, you don't want any part. I mean, these other stocks are up. You don't. You don't want to be. You really don't care so much about Amazon. You don't care so much about Walmart. You want Home Depot and Lowe's. Those things go up every day. I mean, yeah. I mean, a lot over the last time you shot. You, definitely, the Procter and Gamble guy this morning came out and said uh, they asked him about uh, wage pressures, and he goes, "Well, so far we've uh, our, our price increases have, have more than kept kept up with the wage." It's it's beautiful to be a monopolist, isn't it? With there any kind of shortages around. I mean. uh I think the idea that people in the, the toilet paper aisle and the, the paper towel aisle is, is being picked over is not lost on the on the Packer and Gamble CEO. Do you? No, no, not at all. all right, we got to go. We got our break, but SP Futures up twenty two now. As if Futures up one hundred nine, we're going to make it. Maybe make a stab at getting back some of yesterday. We got down. We were only up five for one point. Now we're up twenty. So maybe maybe we'll make a move today. I, could, I know I could use a bounce. Be right back, Stacks and Jacks. before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas, and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know. All while exploring how to live your best life through music, spirits, food, sports, travel, fitness, and a whole lot more. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures. It's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into Wall Street's investment gurus. It's for mavericks who believe in life, luxury, and the pursuit of happiness. It's for you. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities. They play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. 
At PTI, we have always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and try to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tomas. She's Eliani on the board. SP futures up 1675. We're trying to make a comeback from yesterday, and maybe we will. Uh, NASDAQ futures are up 81. We have Bank America uh, came out with uh, good earnings, and we're going to have. Russell, since we have a professor here, we're going to have him explain. I can't never make head or tail on a bank earnings. Remember, Bank of America is up at 165 to 47.91, so that's helping a little bit here. Uh, we have the uh, Dow up 114 now, the Dow futures over in Europe. We've got the DAX up 96. These are all up a little more than the last time we talked about them. DAX up 96.6%, FTSE up 40.5%, CAC around up 65. It's a... That's almost a full percent, 0.9 percent. So they're leading over there in percentage terms. Asia, Nikkei down 790. Ouch, that's 2.8 percent. Shanghai down 11.3 percent. Hang Seng up 15, uh, which is like, I'll call that one flat. And Sony shares, Russell's going to explain this to us too. It says their Sony shares are down 12 percent because of the Microsoft Activision deal. I don't, I don't get the connection there, but there obviously is one. Uh, Bonds, 10 year 1.87. Uh, the bond, uh, zero, zero, zero. That's like, that was like Belushi's, uh, credit card, or, uh, report card in, uh, an animal house. Japan, uh, 0.14 positive. Oil, uh, 0.50, up 54 cents, 85.97 continues to go up every day. Run up 47 cents, 87.98. Natural gas down 2 cents, 4.25. Are bought up another penny, 2.44. So, don't figure on getting minus, uh, be below 250 gas at your pump anytime soon. Gold up 920 now, 1821. Silver up 35 cents after a huge run up yesterday. Yesterday, silver was up like 53 cents while gold was down. That was very strange. Uh, copper up 7 cents, 446. And we've got Bitcoin up 509 now to 42,145. Eliani, what do you got for us, Traffic Weather Sports? All right, good morning, everyone. Currently 7.36 a.m. on January 19th. Let's start with sports. So uh, nothing really to report with uh, NBA. Uh, no Chicago or Phoenix teams played last night. Uh, Blackhawks game uh, was postponed last night. Uh, in college basketball, IUPUI loses to Ohio State 37-83, which is a massive loss. NIU loses to Bowling Green 83-92, and no college basketball games to report from our friends in Phoenix. Over to weather in Chicago. What are we looking at? Currently 26 degrees. 
Uh, we're going to have a high of 27 and a low of 8, actually. And over in Phoenix, currently 52. Uh, it's going to be a high of 68 with a low of 49. Uh, busy time on the roads this morning. Uh, there was an accident cleanup on Lake Street between uh, County Road 23 and Gary and County Road 29 and Gary. So that's all cleared up. Uh, look out for traffic on uh, 94 east and westbound between North Avenue and 43rd. More traffic on uh, 55 north between Route 71 and South Kedzie. Traffic on 290 east. Massive, uh, massive traffic between uh, Wolf Road and the 90 east exit ramp. Uh, traffic on Route 12 North between Waveland and Goodman. Traffic on 294 North between 127th and Route 171. There's an accident cleanup there as well, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, there's traffic on I-90 East between Cumberland and Roosevelt. 94 West between East 130th and North Avenue. There's an accident at on 290 East at Independence. And we have an accident cleanup over here on 294 South uh, between uh, Illinois Route 58 and Gulf Road. And that is all I have for you guys this morning. Oh, cool. S&P Futures, again, we're trying to make a little bit of a comeback. Uh, you know what I forgot to do? I forgot to tell everybody to give everybody the uh, the sorted numbers from yesterday. I probably should do that. Um, Russell, you had three things you have to tell us. You have to explain to me bank earnings because I never could figure out how these, how these guys are doing. <laughs> you got to connect, connect the dots between Microsoft, Activision, should that be allowed, and Sony. Um, and I'll think of something else for you. But... Uh, but that, that's a. It says here that Bank America they had revenue was uh, this, this is an article by uh, Hugh Sun. How's that for an easy name? Hugh Sun. Uh, the revenue was twenty two billion versus almost exactly what people thought. But they were able to release a uh, loan reserve that they had taken over uh, almost half a billion dollars because the loan the loan write offs weren't as bad as they thought. So they get to bring some of that money out of what they. Who, who decides all that? I mean, is it the is he have to can go over that with the auditors, the bank examiners, or you just you, you're not as you know writing off as many loans. You get to do it by yourself, or how does that all work? I again? assume that <clears throat> that's part of the stress test process that the really large banks have to go through. Okay, and they have to you know maintain certain assumptions as far as loan losses based on changes in interest rates. We haven't really had a change in interest rates yet, so maybe they were able to uh, you know not have to incur the losses. Yeah, those big odds are when we get higher interest rates and we get some more loan defaults that they may end up just having to put money right back in there. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, <laughs> it could very well be. the. Yeah. But I, they're talking about they only had, a, you know, their expenses only went up 6%, even though they had to pay people more. And Goldman Sachs, evidently, theirs were up 23. Well, is that, so if, if, you pay, if you pay bonuses to the guys that used to be partners, like the guys in the room with you and yourself, well, then you can go out and tell people how horrible that was. <laughs> horrible for who? Not for you, or what am I missing? No, I'm, I'm missing a darn thing on that one. <laughs> I think, I, really, I do think that uh, uh, bank earnings, it, the numbers, the top line numbers are always very difficult to, to get a, a good feel for what's going on. I think uh, what happens is the analysts dig in real quick and figure out where the solid recurring revenues are and where are the one-time trading revenues and if the recurring revenues are doing okay uh, that's that's really what you, you know, that, that's worth more to you than having a really great quarter because you know your your trading desk did particularly well well these guys own Merrill Lynch right 
Do what? Yeah, they're in their own. Well, they said a lot of the of the of the, in, of the increase was due to investment uh, fees and so forth. I mean, they manage so much money for people, and I'm you know charging. Yeah, so that, and and that that would be considered a sticky, uh, you know, revenue number. Okay. Yeah, that just you know people have money. It, it, you know, sticking with your money manager unless things really go bad seems to be a pretty common behavior. Oh, so yeah. my assumption, my, it's just my assumption is that, that they like that part. Well, I, I can answer the Sony question very easily. Yeah, please do. PlayStation. Okay. That's it. No, it's, it's bad for the PlayStation. Okay. Because uh, uh, Activision makes some of the best titles uh, for the PlayStation, and now you know, and Microsoft has their own platform. So it, it's this is being taken as possibly a PlayStation killer. Do you have a uh, any sort of a, a view? I won't say just on this transaction, but just in general of a you know a, a, a tax system that encourages these companies to just keep all this money and, and just buy other places. Uh, I mean, you know, they're saying Microsoft's got uh, you know three hundred billion dollars in cash, and they. You know, it's only sixty-eight billion. So, what if they screw up? And so, what if they paid forty percent over? And um, do you have the same issue with that? I do or not? No, I really don't. I, I, I think it's you know, a good, it, it's capital chasing where it can grow best. And the folks at Microsoft think if they team up with Activision, and you know, they've already got a really nice piece of hardware, and now they can get some really great software from Activision. That they can realize better profits than Activision could on their own. So no, I don't have a I, I don't have a problem with that at all. I never have. I, I feel like you know you want if, if you're investing anywhere, uh, you you're looking for a decent outcome and you want the best scenario for your potential outcome. And you know this is a and plus you know, it, it's not like. So Activision got taken over and uh, it, it's going to get taken over and the shareholders didn't benefit at all. You know? Oh, it, I, it, trickled, I, it trickled all the way down, for sure. I, I just have a, I, I have a concerns as I see the size of these companies with the with the not paying the dividends and it's it's this management class that, uh, you know, I, I, I have real concerns in the, in the healthcare industry when, or the pharmaceutical industry when they Essentially, they bought each other up to the point where I don't. I mean, it's not like they don't do any research. I'm not going to accuse Pfizer of that, but by and large, they make so much money and they, just, and they kind of wait around. And uh, and and if anybody else who makes who actually does something and invents something, they just buy them up. And I I don't know that you know for the next hundred years I want them doing that. I just you know I won't be here to see it. But uh, I mean, to me, that's not healthy. I you know I just. I- I think the possibility, they, they, I just went through this in my, in, um, it's something you don't know about me, uh, but the, the, the college came up is, uh, in addition to, most of my teaching is for the Kelly, uh, Kelly School Online stuff, but I do teach, uh, two in-person undergraduate classes at Uli at IUPUI. Um, well, what is IUPUI? We, we suffered at the hands of, of Ohio State last night. Um, but in that class, we were just talking about this, and 
and I, you know, I said the threat of being taken over if you're not managing a company correctly is something that you want as a shareholder. Well, I don't. I, I, I get yeah, that yeah. part. Okay. I mean, that's, that's what you want. You really do. You know, I, I get that. Want that hanging over a manager's head. But the uh, I'm concerned what what Eric used to bring up, what he called the management class. When you look at. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, you, you get that job at Microsoft and all of a sudden you, you are this, you know, you're on Mount Olympus, for God's sake, with $300 billion, do whatever you damn well please with. Well, you didn't make mm-hmm. it. It's not yours. I mean, and, and, and you can, I, uh, I, I think that money should be forced down to shareholders. You're, you're right that the, uh, the shareholders of, of Activision made out like a well on this deal and they're not complaining. My concern mm-hmm. is, is the, is what if Microsoft, would have given that money to you, a shareholder, and you could have bought Activision last week. I mean, uh, at, at a price a lot cheaper than Microsoft just did. I mean, it, it, it you know, I'm not all. I, I don't know. I don't know how I can. I could ever put this out there in, in a way where how the size matters. But it's sort of like pornography. I don't. I, I think. I think a company should pay taxes and the same that other people do. And if they give a dividend, they should be able to deduct it. I don't think if Microsoft doesn't need three hundred billion dollars, they shouldn't be sitting on it. They should be giving it to their shareholders, and they and they should be able to make investment decisions. I'm not saying get rid of all of it. But you can't mm-hmm. tell me these guys can't can't pop out. A, the reason why they don't pop out a hundred billion dollars is they're going to say they got to pay for it twice. So this 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 screw up in the tax law that I have not liked since I was in college, and that was like a long time ago, still works to make these massive places. And Warren Buffett, if you say, Warren, why do you need $20 billion or whatever it is that you're not even using? Well, because if I give it out to people, i got to pay taxes. That's his That's his excuse. Right? Well, he, does, he doesn't have to pay taxes, but they do. Right. Well, they, he, yeah. he gets to pay a small amount relative to people, which he shouldn't. And then if, if he sends it out to people, they have to pay a bigger amount, which is insane, I think. But I guess... Yeah, uh, that... Yeah, the dividends. I mean, that's why you got to balance. It. That's that's why companies do buybacks. For one, um, buybacks don't don't will help boost the stock price, but it doesn't become a taxable event for uh, the shareholders because they they have until they sell their stock. Um, but that the double taxation on dividends. Um, it'd be really interesting to see if if. Uh, yeah, and you don't, and there's not double taxation on uh, bond coupon payments. That's a, the big right. difference between the two. It's really why companies would rather issue debt than equity uh, for that very reason. Well, you can because deduct. You can deduct. They debt. get the tax deduction on the coupon. Yeah, you deduct that, which is. Uh, right. You can't do that with dividends, and and I've never really thought about. And that, again, this is this was yesterday's class at IUPUI. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know, I, I really, I start to wonder what the behavior change would be if companies could, you know, could get a tax break for paying dividends to individuals. Well, the, 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 what it would, it, yeah, it would I, cause tremendous amounts of, of upheaval at the higher, higher echelon. The reason why people buy stock back and don't pay dividends is because all the bleeps at the top have, have bonuses, have, have stock options. Mm-hmm. But if you if you wanted to be the ultimate fart in church, if you walked into a, a board meeting wherever where everybody has stock options, and you say we really should pay a dividend instead of buy stock back, 
you you would be uh, not invited back. How can I? Is that the nice way to say it? Yeah, no, I don't think you would be invited back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you def- unless every time you paid a dividend, you you uh, somehow ratcheted down the stock option by the amount of the dividend, which you could do, I suppose. No, yeah. I mean, I've ever heard that, but why couldn't you do that? Yeah, no, I, I mean, they don't, but yeah, you could do that. They, they could, they, much like a stock price adjusts for a dividend. For those, you could for those that have, might have, you, uh, you could, you, you could have stock options that, I mean, and we're not talking about the ones that trade on the exchange, um, that adjust whenever a dividend is paid. For those who maybe, uh, Russell and I are, were walking over somebody's head here, uh, yeah. just, just <laughs> simply, if your stock is, Hundred dollars, and you pay a two dollar dividend, whether it's quarterly, yearly, whatever. You pay a two dollar dividend. The stock the next day can trade anywhere it wants, but it's it's going to open up at ninety eight, right? And and all of, all of being the same, yeah, all being the same. Take a two dollar hit, and then and t- it'll take a two dollar hit because three weeks from now or five weeks from now, I mean, well, I'll be my, I'll be old and say in the mail you're going to get a check for the dividend, or it's going to go in your account, or however it works. Wherever the stock happens to be, so if if I have a, a uh, if I'm a a CFO with a bonus to buy the stock at one in my uh, I have an option to buy the stock at one ten or one oh five, the last thing I want to see is them sending a check out because now my stock is now you know seven dollars away instead of five, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean that 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 whole idea of of giving your upper end people nothing but stock owner. It's like your 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 buddy at Tesla. I mean, how many how many shares of stock did he have to sell to pay his taxes? And they gave him so many more uh, options that he's got more options now than when he started, right? A month ago. Yeah, and I don't. I'm not sure he had to sell that stock to pay taxes because he was saying that he was going to have to pay taxes on unrealized gains. Uh, I I think he was just using it as an excuse. No, he. I actually shares with the stock well over a thousand bucks. You know what? I I got you here, but now I can't. I can't close the vice because somehow or another the the options he had he had he had to do something last month. Whatever they, they there was a date on him. Okay. And and whatever it, and he uh, I I don't know if there were options that he had to buy. I think they were something that he was he was just going to get, and he was going to get X number of shares at say ten bucks or something, and the stock was like three fifty or whatever the hell it is. And uh, mm-hmm. he, so he's that's that's ordinary income to him on day one. Because we actually had a, a client years ago. Uh, he's he's long gone, um, but he had a. Uh, this was this is kind of an interesting story, Russell. Maybe one you could put in the back of your mind. Although you probably know what the hell I'm talking about more than, than most people would. But this guy worked for Oracle, and he retired from Oracle, and he got all his stock. Uh, stock was trading, I'm gonna say 65, and he got it with a strike price of like, of like 10. So he, you know, he got 50 bucks times, you know, like a lot of thousand shares, like a lot of it. And I, mm-hmm. and I, and he, but he wanted to hang on to it. Now, but that's, that's, it's ordinary income the day you get it. Here, herein lies the rub. So you really do need, need, uh, from a tax, but you need to sell enough that day to pay that tax. Because this was in, you know, roughly, roughly in 2000 or 99. And, uh, I said, well, and he came to one of our seminars and, and I was talking about protecting, protecting it with puts and that kind of thing and calls. But I, 
I never intended to protect. I mean, I, the Protect the X program is not intended to deal with a tax situation like that. I mean, we bought, mm-hmm. you know, we bought like the sixty puts, and the stock runs down to forty five. So we pick up, you know, we made you know eight dollars on the puts or nine, and lost fifteen on the stock, and maybe made a dollar or two on the call. So, you know, we we made back ten of what the stock went down, which normally, you know, is a is a pretty damn good job, right? Well, not if mm-hmm. not if you're if one's ordinary income and one's uh, capital loss, because now the capital loss on the stock, he can only take three thousand bucks, right? Yeah. Against the ordinary year, for a year, for a little while. Well, for like a life, for like four lifetimes. I mean, yeah. when we're talking about hundreds of thousands of hours a guy had. So then, then we buy the forty-five puts and went down to thirty. Well, stock made it down to like fifteen, and, it, and at twenty-five, he said, "I'm not buying any more puts. There's no way Oracle's going to go any below than twenty-five. And it went to like I don't know twenty fifty. So the guy had essentially, I'm going to I'm going to say a million dollars of at least ordinary income. And he now, because it was the first investment he really ever made, uh, the tax law is so bleeped up. He had three thousand dollars, even though the same stock went down. So you have that—that's—that's that's the trap that uh, I think the guy at Tesla was in. Is it one one? Right, yeah. So it, it, it's not just the numbers. If, I mean, if, if you if you get it at sixty and your income's fifty, and it drops to, you know, if it drops to fifty, your income's now forty. That you know, it's not a nice day, but that's not a problem. So the, the problem is one's ordinary and one's is is one, and one is capital loss with this arcane three. Well, all the people who had this SI and these, some of these companies that are down like a hundred hours, how happy are they going to be with this three thousand dollar maximum capital loss? Why doesn't anybody raise that? Well, you know why they don't raise that. But why doesn't somebody call for it to be raised? Let's, let's put it that way. Over. Uh, I, I mean, I, I would agree for them to call for it to be raised, but, you know, that that's one of those taxes, or that's one of those situations, if you do raise it, uh, that's one of those things that only helps millionaires and billionaires. No, it so, doesn't. No, it doesn't. I, no, I, I, yeah. that, that's me being, you know, somewhat sarcastic. Uh, but that that's the impression that can be taken from it. It, it, it absolutely helps somebody who... Everybody. Who, I, I, I mean, I, the, the idea that the number is the same as when the Dow was 800 is unconscionable to me. I mean, I don't know where it's, what it should be, but, but you would think it would it would have gone up. I mean, how many people we that we maybe we don't know? Heck, tie it to inflation. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Well, I mean, how many people do you think... Something. It should be. I mean, the, you know, <clears throat> a lot of things are tied to some sort of uh, formulation of inflation, whether it's... Uh, Social Security payout, pension payout, a lot of other things. Why not tie that one to some sort of, uh, you know, inflation-oriented number? Or maybe, you know, tie it to stock market, average stock market performance over the last five years or something like but that. It, but it's also... It's, so you can, so that it, it makes sense within the context of the current market. That's where I'm going with that idea. Well, I, I think that, uh, in a, and I don't know the math, but uh, I'm going to say during the Clinton administration, one of the reasons... Uh, that that we were went almost to even on a federal budget. Uh, some say surplus. Carl claims it never was a surplus, but anyway, we were close. That uh, if you if you bought a dot bomb company at twenty and you sold it at two hundred, you had to pay taxes. And if some other guy bought it from you at two hundred and went to twenty, he only got to take off three thousand bucks. Exactly. And 
the, the, the people that benefit from tax dollars, they love it. Well, how did your uh, how did your team, uh, the school you are now teaching for a couple of classes, IUPUI? How did they 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 picked up a game with Ohio State because Ohio State had to cancel a couple um, uh, due to the COVID situation back in December. How much did they get paid so, for this? And, and IUPUI had a couple games canceled as well, so they slapped together a real quick midweek game. Um, for the guys to drive over to Columbus and, and how much do they get yeah. paid for this exorbitant ass whooping? I have no idea. I'll, I'll find out though. I um, the, the guy who's the uh, uh, sport liaison to the athletic department for the for the business school in Indianapolis has an office squad across the street from him. And I, well, I'm going to ask him that very question. Um, unfortunately, the the Jaguars, which is IUPUI. Um, doesn't have a very strong basketball team this year, um, so that hasn't been the case in the past. It's still not as bad as the. They're, uh, they're having a very difficult year. Their only win is against a, uh, I think, a Division Three school. Well, it's still not as bad as the drubbing the Irish took in my sophomore year when, in Indiana, first opened their field house. It was the first game, and the Irish lost ninety something to twenty something. Goodness me! That's a. Uh, that was pretty bad. Because you were a football school. No, we had <laughs> actually the year before where they went to the NCAA with Austin Carnos. I know, I know. Yeah, they all graduated. And uh, so, what are your? You only got a couple minutes. What is the What is the big question when you go to like the undergrad class? And I'm sure guys are asking you questions. What are the questions? Oh, uh, what do I think of NFTs? What do I think of Bitcoin? Um, and yesterday was, did you see the activism thing? Yeah. So it it it. Whatever happens to be the hottest thing going at the time. Are these guys all? That's really the kind of questions I get. And then when I start, you know, then when I start talking about long term, you know, reality, uh, that I get a lot of, uh, you know, get a lot of glossing over of eyes sometimes. So these guys are, are real college kids. They're 19, 20. Oh yeah, yeah. This is, uh, these are undergrads. Okay, so the graduate okay. graduates can be pretty much any age, right? I mean, there's a, there's a mix of ages, or guys pretty much ready. My, my the, the people in the graduate classes I teach, uh, and this is just from looking at them on the screen. Uh, I I would say easily anywhere from twenty five to fifty. Okay, so it's not a I mean, really really wide range. I think there's one that might be older than I am in one of my classes. Really, because when, when uh, I was the University of Chicago guy years and years ago, their their particular shtick is. They got everybody just right, like pretty much right out of undergrad. So everybody, yeah. everybody there was, you know, 21, 22 or 22, 23. It was, we didn't have, we didn't really, we, well, then they had the 190 program for the guys downtown, but on campus, everybody was, of course, now I don't think there isn't on campus, but yeah, the guys downtown are the people that, you, you guys have a night program too, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. We've, we got so many different programs. I can't keep up with it. Really? Um, we've got, yeah, we got, we have a, a Traditional one-year MBA in Bloomington. We've got a night MBA in Indianapolis. Um, we've got uh, Kelly Direct, which is online graduate degrees and a whole bunch of things, um, which is which is the majority of what I do for the school is, is teaching that program. What's we've that? got well, we got a, a dish here, but for healthcare professionals. Yeah, you know, I'd, I'd love to see one of these days when if we ever get to have a cup of coffee. Love to find out exactly what you're teaching in that area because it's kind of fascinating. I mean, the whole thing is, and you love it down there, and good for you. I do. I, I love having you. SB Futures up 21. 
Uh, NASDAQ futures up 104. We're going to try, are we going to make a bounce here or just a, just a dead cat bounce? We always make a bounce. All right. We always make a bounce. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you think. Talk at you next week, bud. Take care. All right. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. Round up the usual suspects. 